0: Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Carrie Rouse and I travel to racetracks around the U.S. where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here with Alex Vocal and uh, we are in his lounge in the semi. So um, I know we just met, but I'd be interested to know a little bit more about your team, yeah. maybe the car you're driving, and what's your role? Absolutely, so I'm the driver of the number
1: 043 Porsche GT3R with P1 Group Only fans Racing by uh, MRS, Molitor Racing Systems. Uh-huh. And uh, this is my first year in GT America. Okay, cool. Now, what were you doing before that? So, last year I did uh, partial season in Porsche Sprint Challenge in the 992 Cup car. And prior to that, I uh, was running uh,
0: club-level endurance stuff, uh, won the 2021 AER National Championship. Okay, wow, that's impressive. So this year, how's how's everything going for you? Good, definitely a learning curve going from you know club level came
1: in to the cup car up to the gt3r yeah um uh, i actually pulled up my times from when we won this race in 2021 uh, eight hour endurance race we we're doing like two twelves. i did a 154 this morning oh. i was four seconds slower than everyone else at the back of the field and eight seconds from the guys at the pointy end. Um, so it just everything just
0: happens a lot faster yeah so my gosh yeah Um, tell me a little bit about the differences in the cars themselves um, in terms of maybe obviously power but maybe the way they handle and things like that
1: yeah so the power is definitely meaningfully different but the thing you really have to get used to is both the mechanical grip and then in the GT3R the aero grip you just don't believe that the car can do what it can do. Your brain is like, no, no, there's no way I can carry that much speed there. And the answer is, oh, you can. And then when you start to feel the mechanical grip, and my brain is like, yeah, that's the end, they're like, oh, you have aero too, and you're moving, so there's even more. Um, So it's a combination of that, a lot of mechanical grip, plus some meaningful aero in these GT3 cars.
0: Isn't it, especially for the aero, isn't it... There's this dangerous line where you've got to go fast enough to get the arrow. And if you get close but not enough, then you don't get the arrow. You and will then... find out very quickly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting. And then you also have the dynamic of in these
1: cars, if you're close to some of these guys, suddenly because the arrow wash, the car behaves
0: very differently as well. So yeah. definitely a lot to take in. Yeah, man, that is fantastic. And um, how about the whole season overall? How, how are things like? Good. Um,
1: you get thrown in the deep end a little bit yep. when you're a rookie in the series yep. you kick it off in saint pete first street race for me first race with these guys um, and you go from there to Sonoma, also like super tricky track. Uh, next was New Orleans, which is yeah. great because a, it's a fairly straightforward track yeah. and we've done a preseason test there as well, so it wasn't my first rodeo there. I actually missed the Coda race because oh. of my son's uh, college graduation mm-hmm. uh, and uh, had a buddy in the car. Uh, and then back here. The good news for me about VIR, I've done two 16-hour endurance races here. Yeah. But the reality is, it's very different in this car. Yeah. Uh, and just working up to what this car uh, car can do.
0: That's awesome. So, how long have you been
1: racing totally? So I've been racing one thing or another pretty aggressively for the last decade. Okay. Um, literally started out with a group of friends doing endurance go kart racing, 24 hours of lemons and then graduated to uh, some of the club level stuff and AER uh, and then uh, did that seriously for two seasons then won the national championship uh, and had some friends actually who were doing that with us, random vandals who were here running GT4 America. And um, I remember hearing, hey, they're gonna go do GT4. And i like, what? They're to go do gt that's amazing. And then those guys did that for a season and I was like, okay, I wanna
0: go check it out yeah. uh,
1: and see what it's like, so.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, tell me a little bit about, um, in the club racing, what was the car you were racing? Uh, a
1: Cayman. Uh, okay. it was, these are Caymans 2011-2012, they've been built by BGB to run I think the ST class in IMSA. Uh-huh. Um And then when they timed out of there, they made their way to the club side, and uh, we got our
0: hands on them. So every, all your driving experiences have been a lot different from one step to another, but do you have a... a favorite for for any particular reason i would have to say the
1: gt3r it's an easy favorite Um, i mean it is compared to a cup car a modern 992 cup car meaningfully easier to drive oh okay. Uh, just more comfortable more mechanical grip more aero just everything that the cup car does this does even better and makes you feel better about it um
0: uh so it's really really fun um have you had any incidences in, in any of the? Uh, yeah, I had one uh, yesterday morning oh, no. uh,
1: during the test, coming <laughs> yeah. down through hog pen, and uh, I was, was like lap five or six. And uh-huh. uh, it's funny uh, you brought up the, the Cayman. Uh, when we raced the Cayman here, you'd come into hog pen, you'd lift, come over, wait for the car to compress, and hammer it. Right. There was no break at all in between there gt3 car coming through there you don't brake. so we looked at the data and my coach said mm, good news you were way faster than me <laughs> eight kilometers faster because you didn't touch the brake and it, it's i came over and i was like there's the grass and the grass here pretty quickly becomes a set of tires on the side yeah and so uh kind of stuffed it in a little bits on the back corner and then hit the side and the front it was one of these did it all oh but these guys did a good job getting it all put back together okay so, cool you've been out today yet or not yeah I was out this morning in the bronze test at 8:30, which I think was 8:30 30 to 9 and then we had the GT America practice 9 to 9 30 so I got an hour in the car this morning oh nice uh, and then 1 45 I think we have another half an hour uh, to see what I can chip away at
0: uh, before quality tomorrow are you guys doing um, it's, it's, it's it's tell me the bronze and silver right bronze and so this is uh, GT the
1: uh, SRO uh, GT Americas all bronze all bronze Okay. Um, some of us like won Le Mans a week ago but they're over 50 and they're a bronze and there's guys
0: like me and we're a bronze too okay so cool um, so you have any other friends or family that are joining you on this adventure?
1: So I actually had a buddy um, who was just down here. One of the guys that raced in uh, AER with me was in town. He came by and my family usually makes an appearance uh, during race weekends and they're coming down uh, this evening, and, uh, which is fun. Where, where are you from, where are the family from? Northern Virginia, uh, a little town called Middleburg. Okay. About an hour west of Washington. So okay. this is, uh, from a driving perspective, this is the closest race all year.
0: Yeah, this is this is pretty amazing. So I, I live in Austin, so I went to the Coda race, and I drove here for this one, so uh, it's a long haul. Yeah, no doubt. Um, man, well, what about, um, if people were gonna try to get into the sport, uh, we're talking like not kids but adults yep. here. How would you suggest that they at least get their feet wet and try it out?
1: So what I always tell people is number one, go to school two or three days, skip barber, whatever it is you want to do open wheel, you want to do sports car. It will a teach you some valuable skills, and B it will allow you to decide. I want to do this or maybe that's not quite what I thought it was uh-huh. and from there there is so much club level and amateur level stuff now I mean I we started in 24 hours of lemons if people asked me hey how do I get comfortable wheel to wheel I'm like <laughs> oh go do lemons <laughs> get in the track with a hundred cars yeah, for a long time for a long time you'll get really comfortable yeah oh this is what this feels like this is what this looks like and then, in my case, after a few of those, you're like, OK, uh, this is great and all, but I don't want to you know, be dive-bombed by a guy with a giraffe head sticking out of the car. <laughs> yeah. And uh, at the time, AER was really um, uh, big fields every weekend. Uh, and it was great. To some degree, WRL has kind of overtaken that and a lot of the- I was
0: going to ask about that, comparing WRL and- I, There's the no doubt
1: that in the last couple of years, WRL just continued to take off, and it absolutely sucked some folks out of AER. We had lots of friends who, uh, after 21 in particular, um, it's funny how one race can really affect the series forever. There was a race at Watkins Glen in 21, where it rained and sleeted and everything else. Oh, um, uh, we won, so we were pretty happy about it, but a third of the field wrecked. Oh, no. And there were teams, a team called RRT Racing, um, they totaled two cars, like within 40 minutes, they were like, yeah, yeah. And it basically killed the season for a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and by the next season, WRL started showing up being like, hey, we're doing Daytona.
0: <laughs> and like, and yeah. people were like,
1: well, I ought to do this. So WRL definitely, um, and I don't think it's necessarily from a driver talent perspective, but in terms of the level of machinery, um, WRLs, you know, Pushing that right now and doing really well but it's just an example of you can do Porsche Club stuff you can do AER, you can do SCCA Mm -hmm. you can any of those are I think really good ways to uh, to get into it before you decide if you want to strap yourself onto one of these things
0: yeah I'm in the SCCA and I drive a very slow car it's a b-spec so it's a Mazda 2 and uh, have a lot of fun with it but uh, this year taking a break to do the podcast but, um, you know, they have a driver's, well, they have just, you know, HBDEs, you know, and track nights. And then they also have the competition license um, that you can go for. Yep. Now, did you go to Skip Barber or some other place like I that? I did.
1: I went to Bertel Roos. Um, we were already doing all this lemon stuff, and I was like, okay, I need to get some class time. Yeah. Uh, so I went to Bertel Roos, did their basic course or advanced course. Uh, went to New Hampshire and did Tim O'Neill Rally School. Uh, not that I was interested in rallying,
0: but figured it was good for car control and all yep. other things. Uh, and uh, yeah, can you can you talk a little bit about um, what it was like, and and what was the biggest lessons learned from all the the skip barber stuff? Um, the, to me, the thing that you know wasn't
1: necessarily intuitive or was really understanding the weight transfer and where you need to get the car from a weight (laughs) perspective to do what you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, And really just getting some practical application on some of that theory was definitely the the best part from that. A lot of the racecraft stuff, even if they teach you during a three-day class, especially on the endurance side, Yeah, yeah, go do some lemons races, SCCA, AER. It won't take a lot of races for you to be like, oh, okay,
0: that's how I should uh, do this. You'll learn uh, through the school of hard knocks. Some of the, you've probably been to several tracks. Um, Any tracks you haven't been to that are on your bucket list that you really want to get to? Um,
1: So uh, I haven't done Road America. I'm doing it this year. Oh, I'm going
0: there next weekend. I haven't done Sebring.
1: I'm doing that this year. it's one of the really fun things about this is you like we did Sonoma earlier yeah and I was like "This was awesome I get to drive Sonoma Then I got to Sonoma and I was like this track is terrifying <laughs> um Coda I had done in um Porsche Sprint Challenge last year that is probably the hardest track I've ever driven um, <laughs> I just remember being like I'm never gonna figure this thing out <laughs> Uh, I was like, it was so long, and I'm like, I'm in this turn. No, I'm not. I'm in that other <laughs> turn. It looks like this turn. Um, I play, it's amazing, but really challenging. Well, what's your, uh, what's your favorite track that you've been to? It's a good question. Um, Watkins Glen um, is awesome. Uh, it's probably my number one. Okay. Um, Mid-Ohio is great, unless it rains. And then it goes almost immediately to the very bottom
0: <laughs> of my uh, my favorite track list. So let me ask you, Do you, are you are you comfortable? The, some the drivers are like, oh yes, I want it to rain. What's your take on that? <laughs> um,
1: so generally speaking, no. Uh, I'm not like rooting for rain. Um, there's some places where you're like, okay, not that big a deal either way. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking, I don't think I've really done a lot of rain here. Um, but some places that different, Sonoma, Mid-Ohio, I mean Mid-Ohio is tons of grip, you're on
0: ice skates. Yeah. I mean there's just not even a line in between.
1: Um, I heard it's
0: pretty slippery here in the rain, but I don't know if we're going to be getting any this weekend. So.
1: Uh, I think from a timing perspective, uh, it just so happens the GT America stuff is early and then uh, I think tomorrow... Yeah, race one's at one o'clock, Okay. Um, so we'll probably get it done before uh, any afternoon Yeah. festivities, but yeah. <laughs> uh, the Fanatec guys could be,
0: uh, if they're going in the afternoon, they could definitely get some showers. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so, what are you thinking about next year? Like, are you already thinking ahead of what you want to do after this? You know, one of the things you realize, and in addition to running GT America
1: this year, this same group also did the 24 hours of Dubai um, in January on the endurance side. And it, even independent of that, which obviously involved a lot of logistics, it's a lot of logistics to move this circus around the country. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you really can't wait until, you know, the fall to be like, oh, what do you wanna do next? Yeah. Day? You're on it. So um, uh, we're actually gonna meaningfully push those conversations up in the next month and uh, try and map it out uh, with the ideal, uh, would actually be to be able to do series like this and some of the um, international endurance stuff um, Like that Dubai 24-hour Which we did in uh, in the same GT
0: 3R we're driving here. So I have to ask Are, are you shipping the cars? Yeah? What, how do they do that? Uh, you can Put them on a boat, you Out can a put boat. them on okay. a plane. Okay. Like,
1: one way or th- I think on the way back uh, They uh, they flew this car <clears throat> okay. um, There were some shipping issues going uh, the cars had been in Kuwait because there was a Kuwait six hour, I think it was six or twelve. Kuwait to uh, Dubai is not very far. Logistics were a huge mess. car was stuck in a container in the port. Oh, no. Um, so we lost like a day plus of practice. So uh, on the way back uh, to get ready for uh, for St. Pete, I think they just blew it.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense probably a lot more money (laughs) yes yes more money but more reliable yeah uh, having to navigate through a port and you said St. Pete was a street yeah so tell me a little bit about street racing um, uh, that was my first street
1: circuit uh, and it's an interesting one at that I mean uh, the reality is uh, you're just hemmed in there's no runoff anywhere and you just have to get comfortable being like yeah yeah I'm gonna drift out and I'm pretty sure my mirror's gonna disappear on the edge of that <laughs> wall, uh, but uh, I'm gonna pucker up and, uh, and do it. Um, so, I mean, the you know, because of that, uh, it encourages a whole lot of late apexing um, so that you can, you know, not worry about it on that side and get back to throttle early. Yeah. And uh, yeah,
0: super interesting. Um, when you were talking about rip, rubbing the mirror off, so um, when you go to Sebring, turn one, see if you can touch the mirror on that corner and you'll be that's that's a great line right through there um i was talking to my race team owner and he goes yeah see if you can knock the mirror off but the thing is the way those cars are built you know what I mean, and you're leaning so far out i was like i don't think it's possible unless i tear the side of the car off so it's funny when we were in uh nola
1: um my coach uh Matt bell had said That was good, but on this last turn, remember you can the old you paid for it, use all the track. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm really gonna not worry about that." And later on, I was watching some of the video, and I was like, "Oh, oh!" I was like, "I had when I was driving it." I remember thinking, "Yeah, I'm close to the wall." I looked at the video. I was like, "Oh yeah," I was like. Close, really, a little closer clip. than I wanted to get, but uh, you got to push it out there to find the
0: speed. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I appreciate your time. And yeah, your my thing. pleasure. Enjoyed yeah. it. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like, but I have one ass for everyone listening. I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag.